2: Greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth, and justice, believers in peace, freedom, and the American way. Tom Hartman here with you, and just a quick announcement here. Uh, At the end of the show today, uh, Troy and Chris and Nate and I and Louise are are going to be uh, uh, packing up some stuff we're, we're creating a bi-coastal presence. We're going to, we're going to, we're building a, uh, studio in Portland, Oregon right now. In fact, we'll be doing that over this weekend. And, um, and we'll also be coming back to DC regularly to do our show from here. And, uh, so tomorrow and Friday, Thursday and Friday, Rick Unger is going to uh, fill in for me from Stephanie Miller's studio in Los Angeles. And, uh, next week, Probably Monday and Tuesday, we'll see how long it takes us to put the studio back together uh, or build this new studio, but uh, just an FYI, that's what's going on. And for our, our uh, non-commercial stations, um, we will not have a live feed because we will not have live servers. And for our YouTube viewers, we will not have a live feed, but we do have a whole bunch of new uh, YouTubes going up. So just FYI to everybody on all that, that's what's going on, and we're really looking forward to it. Now with that all that said. It's Wednesday. It's midweek. It's midday with Mark. Congressman Mark Pocan taking your calls for the hour. Uh, Congressman Pocan represents the 2nd District of Wisconsin. He's the co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, Pocan.house.gov, and Rep. Mark Pocan. Congressman, welcome back.
3: Thanks, Tom. Glad to be here.
2: Thank you for joining us. So uh, in your mind, what, what are the big issues of this week?
3: Well, I'll tell you, I I think uh, obviously the entire nation, you know, watching what happened in Las Vegas and then, you know, watching us go out on the floor and do a moment of silence and then moving on to talk about uh, pain felt by um, fetuses, Uh, you know, to to not acknowledge that we just had the largest mass shooting in our country's history and we're doing nothing about guns. In fact, they had bills ready to uh, make it, uh, getting rid of uh, some of the restrictions on silencers and making it that your concealed carry permit could uh, work anywhere if your state's granted it. Uh, They wound up, I think, uh, at least wisely pulling back for now. But that's what was on the agenda prior to what happened in Las Vegas. And I think uh, that clearly is one of the biggest issues. And I think, uh, secondly, you know, we're doing a lot of budget stuff uh, this week. And the significant part of that, especially around the Senate, is, you know, this is their path to try to do tax reform. And, uh, you know, I think we have to be really careful as we watch the plan that they've roughly released. They keep claiming that, uh, you know, Donald Trump won't benefit, the rich won't benefit, uh, it's for the middle class. And, you know, as you, I know you're going to be surprised, but uh, total BS. (laughs) Instead, it's something that, you know, um, the top 1% would get about half of the cuts in 2018 and 80% of them by 2027. And uh, middle-class families, uh, even though they're uh, doubling, uh, one part of deductions, they take away enough others that uh, you're going to be paying more. So, really, it's, it's truly on the backs of the middle class from what we can see from their, their outlines. And we've got to be really careful because don't forget, this is what people like Paul Ryan have wanted since they were very, very young is to deal with tax reform. And uh, they're, they're going to do their best after failing in health care to get this done.
2: Do you think that they're going to be able to pull it off?
3: You know, I'll tell you, they're, they're trying to work a lot of different angles. The good news is that, is that right now the proposal they put out there is so bad um, and so ridiculous when Donald Trump said how he and his family wouldn't benefit. I mean, this should be the Trump family tax plan uh, is what it should be called, because uh, according to uh, a number of economists who looked at this, I think the New York Times uh, said that he alone could uh, wind up having a $1.1 billion tax cut uh, through all of this. Um, it's just pretty ridiculous that they try to put that false information out there, a number of very rich people in the administration, all who will get big tax cuts. And then the reality is when you look at, you know, what other economists are putting out there, when you start figuring if someone has a few children and what they're going to be paying extra for in order to do these tax cuts, middle-class families are going to wind up paying more. And uh, we've got to do everything we can to make sure people understand what this is. Republicans who promise tax cuts to the middle class are outright lying to the public. Yeah. Yeah. It, it,
2: it it's mind-boggling and I think people are starting to figure it out. Um although the the one the one story and I, I I keep wanting to write an op-ed about this and and I'm not sure how to just how to say it how bluntly and I'd love your thoughts on this Congressman. Yeah. Um you know, 3 years ago on this program Jimmy Carter I asked him what the the impact of Citizens United was in the United States and he said we are now an oligarchy uh with unlimited political bribery. And that seems to be the one issue that the media will never talk about. You know, why is it that these Republicans are unwilling to, to do something about guns? Well, it's because they're being paid off. Why is it that, that that's, you know, uh, even Steve Scalise now, he's the fifth largest recipient of gun, gun uh, can, you know, uh, industry money. And, you know, uh, he has my sympathy for having gotten shot, but now he's running around going, oh, no, it was too early to talk about or whatever. That these guys denying global warming? What? Why are they denying global warming? Because they're getting paid. It's like it's we have our system has been corrupted by money, and nobody's willing to talk about it because there's so much money to be made in the media through this same corrupt system.
3: Well, and honestly, they're pretty cheap dates Uh, when you look at the amount of money they're getting for the terrible votes they're taking and the terrible legislation they're promoting. I mean, how can you honestly argue that you want to, um, you know, make it easier to have silencers uh, because they've made up some argument that, you know, in Wisconsin, I mean, everyone uh, knows someone who hunts. I mean, it's a it's a family sure. tradition. No one's trying to take away anyone's hunting rifle. But to argue that you need silencers for hunting, which is what some of these clowns have tried to do, is ridiculous. So what yeah. they're doing is, again, they're justifying it for the gun manufacturers, and the people who make the, the parts to make lots and lots of money. And in some of these cases, people are doing it for five thousand dollar checks. I mean, you know, that's a cheap date. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's like the the uh, the best investment you can make in Washington D.C. is to buy a politician. Um, it's just, uh, or at least a Republican politician right now. Probably a few Democrats, but and in, depending on the topics. But this is just this is a systemic corruption that our founders, I believe, never envisioned, and that just has run things out of control. So, you want to pick up some phone calls here? Sure, absolutely. Okay. Ted, in uh, Black Diamond, Washington, you're on the air with Congressman Pocam.
1: Hello, Congressman. Uh, My name's Ted. I'm I'm a gun owner. In fact, I have a concealed carry permit, and I just think it's obscene what happened out in Las Vegas. I think gun legislation should be proposed not only to ban the manufacture of devices that can turn a semi automatic weapon into an automatic weapon. But we should force gun owners to give up these devices. It should be like a $10,000 fine to even own these devices. They have to be got off the street. They have to get them out of the house. talking
2: about the bump stock.
1: I mean, it's, it's even worse to think what one man could do. What happens if you had three people, you know, or six people, you know, at different locations? The, the murder, the mayhem that could be done. It's just inconceivable. You know, this, is, this should be a wake-up call.
3: Yeah, I, Ted, you know, Senator Feinstein already has a bill. I believe David Cicilline is introducing something now in the House uh, around that, specifically on that adjustment you can do to a gun. You know, I, I have never shot uh, an AK, uh, any, any of the, the high-speed uh, rifles that have been used, because there's a variety of them, uh, previous to about a year ago. Actually, I was in Las Vegas where you can pay and try these, so I actually did it. I wanted to be able to credibly say I've used some of these high-speed um, you know, uh, guns, just to see how they operate and to, to see how fast you can do the damage. We saw what this person did. You know, he had over 20 guns in his arsenal, you know, over 500 people injured, 59 people uh, killed by one individual uh, who uh, was doing this. So you know, clearly I think people have to wake up, and this wasn't part of the, the protecting of Second Amendment rights. No one wants to go after your gun for safety or gun for hunting.
2: And I can't imagine any hunter who would want to put a silencer on a deer rifle. It ruins their accuracy. Uh, That's that's why you put those little little plugs in your ears or or wear earmuffs. Anyhow, Congressman Mark Pocan taking your calls here on Midday's with Mark on the Tom Hartman program. We'll be back with your calls for the Congressman right after. This is the Tom Hartman program. It's it's Midday's with Mark on the Tom Hartman program, pokan.house.gov is his website. You can tweet him at Pokan. And welcome back. McWayne in Chino Valley, Arizona, you're on the air with Congressman Mark Pokan.
4: Yes,
5: uh, Congressman. I, once again, a Republican cult is saying it's too soon to talk about gun control. But th- this is a faction of waste and death whose words are not connected to truth. I... Don't you think they really mean it's too late? They've already consumed the NRA Kool Aid, have taken the filthy lucre, and have the blood of the innocent on their hands. There, there's no legislation that, that can cleanse their conscience.
3: Yeah, yep, you know, McQueen. I think I, I find it interesting. Unless something's happened in the last, you know, 24 hours, but you know, the NRA was dead silent on social media after this. They always do that after a, the most recent massacre that we have in this country. And, you know, the Republicans, at some point, we just have to make them realize the NRA is not uh, people who own guns. The NRA is uh, funded by the gun manufacturers and the people who make a profit off of this, while some people belong to the NRA. Um, but that's not who the NRA is. So what they're doing, again, is doing it for the money, uh, for the companies that make the money. They're, they're willing to do everything to try to make it easier to have gun access to guns. And again, we're not going after someone's personal gun for personal protection, or their rifle for hunting, what we want to do is go after the things that, like what happened in Las Vegas, can uh, commit uh, the sort of mass destruction that happened. And the fact that they won't even look at those issues is what's indefensible.
2: Is the the assault weapons ban that came, uh, I believe it was endorsed during the Reagan administration by either Reagan or Bush senior, I think it was passed by the Clinton administration, if I'm remembering correctly, and it expired during the George W. Bush administration. It was a 10-year legislation because it was through um, uh, budget reconciliation. Do I have that right? Is my memory working on that?
3: I, I, I think you're roughly right. I'm not sure if I've got every detail. Is there, there, is but there but anybody talking about bringing that it. thing back? Yeah, that's, that's what we need to have it back and back, as well as um, we could look at magazines. Uh, we could still have background checks for everyone. And now, granted, the, the line we always get is, well, it didn't matter. This person passed background checks but still do we really want to leave a system where there's a definite loophole for people who want to get around the law why wouldn't we just clean these things up this should be the reminder that we have things to clean up right
2: yeah it, it's it seems so it just seems uh, pretty straightforward uh fred in richmond hills new york we got a minute to the break fred quick question for congressman pokan
4: hey tom love your show yeah this pump stock uh sounds to me more like a toy than a firearm do you think uh, the manufacturer might be exposed to civil liability?
3: You know, that's a good question. I don't know if they're under the the protections that exist because of what it is or not. Um, but uh, nonetheless, we should be addressing it. If now that we're seeing that this can happen and essentially create a different type of weapon out of one weapon, uh, and you watch the damage, you know, hopefully this will be a catalyst. If nothing else, let's have states start looking at some of the laws they can pass, and we're going to have to figure out how to. To get some of those moving forward in, in more progressive states as well.
2: Yeah.
3: Are, are, are
2: do you think that this is, you know, to paraphrase the conversation we had right after Sandy Hook, is this finally the time that something might get done?
3: You know, we've been saying that so often, Tom. Uh, um, you know, I wish I could say that. The problem is, you know, this is one of the most pathetic performing Congresses uh, that we've had. If this is the Congress that's going to step up and do the right thing, I would be shocked. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it seems. Congressman Mark Pocan, we'll be back with more questions for Congressman Pocan. Right after. When was the last time you looked forward to sitting at your desk all day? Since getting my new X chair, not only am I enjoying the time spent on my desk much more than ever, but I can't believe how much more productive I'm being. My X chair is unbelievably stylish, and thanks to all the ways you can personalize it, it literally molds itself to my body. Trust me, this is not your grandfather's office chair. And because I don't need to keep having to take breaks or to stretch my back, I'm getting more done in a day than ever before. If you spend a lot of time in your office chair every day, then you need to try the X chair. In fact, here's a terrific deal just for you, just for my listeners. The makers of X chair want you to feel the X chair difference for yourself. So if you go to xchairtom.com right now, that's the letter X, Chair Tom, T-H-O-M, dot .com. Not only will they knock $100 off the price, they'll even throw in a free footrest if you use the promo code Tom, T-H-O-M. Just go to XChairTom.com right now. I love my X Chair, and you will too. So check out XChairTom.com. That's XChair, T-H-O-M, XChairTom.com. Welcome back, Congressman Mark Pocan, taking your calls. And Jim, in Lombard, Illinois, you are on the air with Congressman Pocan.
4: Good afternoon. I just got a short thing to say. Just like some of the old Roman emperors, many world leaders are of unsound mind, non-compos mentis. I have an idea on how to dethrone them. A general strike. Start with the NFL. Lech Walesa did something like that in Poland.
3: Congressman, I, you know, I, I think uh, you know we need to consider uh, ways to make our elected officials do their jobs, which is representing the people who elect them. And I think within our communities, there's all sorts of things we can do. Um, you know, at bare minimum, uh, one of my big pet peeves, uh, Jim, has been the fact that fewer Republicans are doing town halls and actually listening to their constituents. So you can pressure them to do that. You can pick it outside their offices. You can do lots of things to make elected officials have to respond short of waiting for 2018. So, you know, uh, I think sometimes if you have something like a general strike, if it's not widely followed, uh, it may not be as effective. But I think there are ways you can, in your own backyard, uh, affect how your member of Congress or the member of the Senate is uh, acting and voting, and you can definitely make them have to be responsive to you.
2: Russell in Hickory Hills, Illinois, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan
4: ah, yeah, Mr. Pocan, i like to go somewhere else. This morning I woke up, and I'm watching Morning Joe. You guys are so mourning in the house that you had time to pass an abortion bill of 20 weeks to restrict women, 237 to 185. I mean, uh, what is that 20-week abortion bill? It seems like they don't give up on these women. Now, are you going to pound Paul Ryan and his
3: district about this? Yes, I mean, this, unfortunately, is part and parcel. You know, when you watch Paul Ryan talk about this being the most productive Congress, it's such a ridiculous statement um, that no one believes it, but he somehow still keeps repeating it because we pass a bunch of dumb bills out of the House that will never, ever become law uh, like this bill yesterday because the Senate won't happen with the 60-vote rule they have. But instead of addressing uh, getting assistance to Puerto Rico, instead of addressing gun violence, instead of actually doing the budget process as it should happen. Instead of uh, fixing what we need to fix about the Affordable Care Act, uh, we're busy doing these stupid message bills for one part of the base or one part of the donor class of the Republican Party. So this, this is why Paul Ryan's been such a huge failure. So I think, you know, what I'm doing, Russell, is when I go back uh, down to uh, Wisconsin, I try to let people know Paul Ryan is not uh, a, a very effective speaker. In fact, everything he's doing is just to shore up his base within his caucus. And nothing for the public. And I think, you know, people are understanding that in Wisconsin, he's got a real race on his hands. He may not be coming back to Congress.
2: David in Columbus, Ohio. You're on the air with Congressman pocan
3: Hi. Um
1: I have a more broad, more long view of the uh recent incident in Las Vegas. I think it ties into the um huge Defense Department budgets that uh, promote uh, production of weapons, production of military weapons. A mentality of, um, oh, you know, just assaulting everybody. I, I feel like if we could cut the defense budget back and get a rational hold on our military, and stop supplying arms to every country that we feel we need oil from, I think we could um, start getting a hold on the uh, military disper- uh, military weapons dispersion. And uh, I I just feel bad that the Democrats don't go with this because I talked Mike my Democratic congressperson, and she voted for that $700 billion defense budget. And it's just ridiculous. The Democrats should stand tough on this, just like they did on uh, health care. You
3: know, I, I, David, uh, on the defense budget, you know, one of the things that we'll be taking up tonight is the progressive caucus uh, version of a budget. So this is something we work on throughout the year. Uh, we uh, significantly shore back uh, money that goes into defense, but not that supports our military so we make sure that people are getting the pay and the benefits they should but not putting all this money into additional weapons do a lot of other areas uh, a lot of other co- areas covered under the defense budget we're hoping today you know if you get a chance call your call your member of congress and tell them to support the progressive caucus budget if you have a especially a democratic member um, you know we're hoping that last year by one vote i think we got or two years ago i'm sorry last time we took a vote we got a majority of the dem caucus by one vote we've lost about 10 of those folks through attrition, didn't come back to Congress. We're hoping to pick up some new folks, but uh, yeah, I think that sends a strong signal. When you can get a majority of the Democratic Caucus to support the principles we have, especially around defense spending, maybe that's the way we can start turning this around.
2: Okay. And uh, how, how much time do we have? Oh, we have fifty seconds. Of five zero. It's not not quite enough to put another caller on. Um, do you want to expand on that or anything else you've been saying here for the next forty seconds, Congressman?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I think uh, you know. what David brought up. I, I s- certainly support, and the fact that they put in uh, seventy billion additional towards defense and not put it in the revenue means everything else gets squeezed. Right?
2: Oh, but a question million. I had for you: um, the Children's Health Insurance Program
3: that that expired a
2: couple of days ago. Yeah, what's so what's the deal?
3: CHIP has expired. Community health uh, centers of funding have expired. The Perkins Loans Program we talked a little about last week has expired. So all of those are things that we should have done this week instead of uh, having a bill about the pain felt by fetuses, which I forget the name of it. They had some stupid name yeah. to it. They're, they're too busy doing message bills than real bills.
2: Right. So are these things going to get, uh, you know, are these appropriations going to get approved, or are these programs going to die by by attrition?
3: Um, you know, everything in Congress seems to happen at the last minute. We're pushing to get them all done. This morning I was pushing on Perkins' loan again. We have 230 people in Congress sponsoring a bill, and we can't get it through when you need 218 votes. Go figure. That's, yeah,
2: that's amazing. Congressman Mark Pocan taking your calls. Midday with Mark here on the Tom Hartman Program. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. Call 202-808-9925. You can tweet him at RepMarkPokan and please say thank you for being on our program. And you can check out his website at POCAN, P O C A N house dot Welcome back. Tom Harbin here with you. It's our Midday with Mark segment, our hour. Congressman Mark Pokan taking your calls for the hour. He is the co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, represents Wisconsin's second district in the House of Representatives. Pokan.house.gov is the website and rep Mark Pokan is his Twitter handle. And Michael in Bronx, New York, you are on the air with Congressman Pokan. Hi, Tom, and hello, Congressman.
4: I I need to raise two
6: issues on what happened in
4: Vegas. Number one, I find that the NRA is not a gun lobby these days, but to be racist terrorists because they claim to be standing up for the Second Amendment and people having Second Amendment rights, but I did not hear one peep out of them when it came to the case of Philando Castillo, who was killed by police in an open carry state. He told the cop that he has a gun and he's a licensed registered gun owner. He was producing identification word by word, complying with the cop and telling him what he's doing, and the cop still fatally shot him. There was no peep out of NRA defending uh, Mr. Castile's Second Amendment rights. So it begs the question as to where do the NRA stand. And furthermore, with this idea of the Second Amendment linked to guns, I thought about this carefully, and I honestly think the Second Amendment stands for something else that says the right to bear arms under a well regulated militia. And a well regulated militia, first of all, has to be trained and they have to be um, pretty much uniform. These people that are holding guns, there's no training whatsoever. There's no lecture, there's no education.
2: Michael, let's let's let, let's let the Congressman comment on this. It's a pretty good rant there. Thank you. Uh, congressman?
3: Yeah, you know, I think Michael brings up a really good point on the NRA. One, which is uh, they don't represent um, uh, gun owners. Uh, they represent gun manufacturers, right, where the money really is. And two, uh, and a point that I, I should have brought up, and Michael, thank you for bringing it up, is this is a partisan organization. I mean, they they find a couple token Democrats that they throw a few nickels at. But in general, uh, they'll be complicit with whatever the GOP agenda is. So you're right. They didn't point out someone who uh, you know was – uh, saying that they had a gun, and, and they don't then defend wherever you would be defending a gun owner if they really were an organization of people around gun rights, but instead uh, they're going to be complicit with the GOP agenda and then advocate for what they advocate for, which is the gun manufacturers. And I think we just have to make sure everyone understands the NRA needs to be a stamp that makes you vote against someone, not for someone.
2: Amen. Ed in Riverside, California, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan.
3: Hi, Congressman. This is Ed Crow.
1: Uh, I went to Vietnam in 1965 on a ship. And when we got there, I didn't go to a port. I got into a landing craft and I hit the beach. Now, I look at Puerto Rico and everything is going through one port. Why can't we get supplies? I mean, the island is only 100 miles long and 30 miles wide. We could put stuff all around that island for people to get. What's going on? Why does everything have to go through
4: one
3: port? Yeah. Uh, So, I, I mean, I think part of why is just because that's the easiest place to get things off of a boat to get access. Part of the problem we've had is the roads were blocking some of the access because we haven't sent people and we haven't, well, in time. Now we have sent far more people and they're doing, I think, the job they can do the best they can on the ground, but you know, look how long this response took from this president. And uh, the fact that he was there throwing paper towels at people yesterday, I mean, Tom, you, you can't. SNL is like, damn, why didn't we think of that? I,
2: I'm yeah. wondering if that's the brand that's made by Coke Industries. Is it, what is Probably. it? Brawny, I think?
3: Probably. Um, yeah. I mean, there's got to be a commercial interest as he's throwing paper towels at, at people, which is, right. again, it was a surreal scene. But, you know, Ed, I think uh, the point is. Um, we needed to have more people there much sooner to help people. The fact that he was telling people to turn off their flashlights because they uh, have electricity, I think 90-plus percent of the island still doesn't have electricity. Right. This is a president who doesn't get it, and he did what he thought he had to do by showing up, throwing paper towels, and now he's off to Las Vegas. And, um, you know, we, we need to have a real response to Puerto Rico, including dealing with a debt issue.
2: Yeah, Maybe in Vegas he'll throw some silencers. John in Danbury, Connecticut. Hey, John, you're on the air.
3: Yeah, hi.
5: I um, just had a thought here. Uh, I talked to you about this a couple of years ago, Tom, on the radio. But all these shootings are always, as far as I know, committed by men. Women don't buy assault rifles and go out and massacre groups of people.
1: I don't know why. I don't know what the answer is. kind of is. blows up
2: theory Freud's theory of, theory of penis envy. Um, <laughs> but, but, but clearly some men are are tortured by that uh... Did you have a you, uh, question there, or did you just want to get the congressman's thoughts on that statement?
5: I just, I just wanted to, like I said, I don't know what you could do about it. I just think it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a interest to me. It's interesting. It popped up yeah. in my head a couple of years ago. I was listening to this and thinking, why don't women do this? I'm mean, glad they don't,
2: but right. women don't do it. Women don't seem to feel the so, need. So, so congressman, is testosterone the most dangerous drug on earth?
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, John. I mean, it's a good observation, um, and. You know, again, I think what we're, we we need to do is when you have a moment like this, uh, while the Republicans will say, look, he had background checks, they'll give you all the reasons why you can't do something. We need to use this as the reminder of what we haven't done and what we can get done. And there are some really easy, heavy, uh, non-heavy lift things that the public supports that we need to get done unless we're too busy uh, representing the NRA and not the American people. And I'm just hoping this is a wake up call, but honestly, I you know, I thought a year ago pulse was the wake up call, and then a year later now we've got the newest largest massacre. People have to start making this an issue when they decide if they're voting for someone.
2: Yeah. Joel in Northbrook, Illinois. You're on the air with Congressman Mark Pokian.
1: Yes, can you hear me?
2: Yes, just fine.
1: Thank you. Uh, Congressman and Tom. Terrible performance of this administration. The Democrats could look forward to taking back the Congress
4: next uh, next election and the presidency. But looming ahead is that double-edged sword of unjust voter ID and cross-check. What is being
7: done about cross-check? I'll listen to your answer.
3: Sure, Joel. Thanks uh, for your call. So let me say a couple things. One, we have a bill called the, the Safe Act that would deal with cross-check. Um, thanks to listeners on the show bringing it up, we've drafted something that. We'll deal with uh, that, as well as things like paper ballots and um, audits of elections, so you can uh, disincentivize anyone to try to impact those. We've got a number of, actually, uh, pieces of legislation Democrats have put out there in general. Just with this Congress, they're not going to get the hearings. So, again, we have to elevate that by contacting members of Congress, asking people to sign on to things. Also yesterday, Tom, and I kind of failed to mention this in the beginning, interesting from my perspective of being from Wisconsin, Supreme Court heard a case around redistricting, and that could have some national impacts, and that's another problem is gerrymandering uh, is where you know politicians pick their voters as opposed to voters picking their elected officials. that's another issue we have to kind of deal with, or else um, you're going to continue having uh, the Tea Party and the NRA and all the rest of the folks running this place yeah
2: yeah, there was one, one witness yesterday that uh, uh, uh Alito was questioning and uh Alito completely misrepresented what this guy had 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 written. Well, it's a whole long story, but it's it, it it was really clear that Alito was using basically fake news yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh but but that's all you know. Anyhow. Uh let's see here. Steve in Perrysville, Indiana, you are on the air with Congressman Pocan.
5: Hi, Congressman. Uh I think that uh everybody Uh, I know there's enough, there's over, what, 70% of the people in the country are against, uh, you know, they want uh, laws for guns and stuff, gun control. I think everybody should get on the phone and call their representatives and senators and tell them, if you don't vote for something, to take care of the gun control and stuff, then, by God, you aren't going to be back in office the next time.
3: Yeah, Steve, uh, great suggestion. Uh, Also, I would argue, uh, call people in your state legislature and your local government where maybe they can still do positive things and have them enact some proactive legislation as well. We don't just have to wait for the federal government or, in some states, state government to act when they may not. We can still uh, impact things uh, locally, and we need to do that on a variety of issues.
2: Jim in Minneapolis, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan.
1: Hi, uh, my name is Jim. Um, one thing, Tom, I just wanted to say I grew up in Michigan and went to Michigan State, so I always enjoy your references to uh, Lansing, East Lansing. Well, thank you. Another thing I wanted to say is the idea of American exceptionalism. When I when something happens like uh, Las Vegas, you wonder, yeah, there's one thing we're number one at, but uh, certainly it's nothing to be proud of. But whatever. My real question is about health care. Um, as a as a liberal, I'm certainly in favor of single payer. But my question is, all my conservative friends say, how would we pay for it? And I wonder in the countries in Europe, especially that have single payer. Do the corporations contribute at all to that? Because for most of us, our health care, all of my life, my health care has come from my employer. And so um, it's hard to figure out how we would, you know, how we would fund single payer uh, if we're taking the responsibility away from the corporations. Is there an answer to that?
3: Yeah, You know, Tom, what might be interesting sometimes, you, you know, we just take... 10 minutes, and because I think this is a good point that's come up a few times, mm-hmm. you know, they put out the misinformation about something like single payer or Medicare for all. And yet, as, as we've had these discussions, there's a lot of savings by getting rid of the overhead and administration and a lot of other uh, aspects of it. And right. This is done. So it's in-
2: really not even a question of how do you pay for it. It's what are you going to do with the extra money you'll have left over.
3: Exactly. And I think if we could actually just offer that so people would have that to give pushback. Um, it would be really helpful because uh, there are solid economic uh, studies that show uh, that there's not like a pay for uh, on it at all. In fact, it's the savings go back into providing health care and you can make sure every single person is covered. All you've done is take out maybe some of the middle people along the way. Right, right.
2: But, but to the specifics of it, most,
3: uh, I, I,
2: from speaking to Canadians specifically, um, their, their healthcare system is funded in part by individual income taxes, in part by corporate income taxes, and in part by a monthly contribution of about 140 bucks or $200, something like that, that the typical Canadian family makes, you know, like with regular Medicare. Um, I believe that that's, uh, how it works. And, and I'm assuming that you're envisioning that progressives uh, are envisioning something similar to that for a single-payer system in the United States?
3: Well, I mean, there's a million, honestly, different ways you could almost chop it up um, on how you do it. So I don't think that, I think the bigger question is, is it something you're paying extra for, or is it in reality something you're going to have savings of, which is the reality, and that's how we need to express that. How exactly that's chopped up versus paying for schools versus paying for the military are kind of particularized details.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
3: Got it. Congressman Mark
2: Pocan taking your calls on our Midday with Mark hour here on the Tom Hartman program. Uh, You can reach him at pocan.house.gov. You can tweet him at Rep Mark Pocan. And we'll be back in just a moment with more of your calls for Congressman.
5: You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives.
2: Middays with Mark here on the Tom Hartman program. We'll be back with more of your calls for Congressman Pocan right after this. And welcome back. Randy watching Free Speech TV in Ottawa, Iowa. You are on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hi,
5: Tom and uh, Mark. Um, I wanted to touch on... uh, uh I, yesterday i was driving down the street in a small uh town in, in in western iowa and uh here's a lady that is in a one of these motorized chairs with two confederate flags flying off the back of the back of the seat and i'm and this uh, motivated me to start thinking about this with the puerto rico thing that's going on um and so many of these things like gun legislation and everything are are connected to this, this confederate flag, this mentality of, uh, of uh, you stand out uh, or you take a knee when it comes to the United States of America, but you think you're better than everybody else when they take a knee. And the thing about um, Puerto Rico is that the president um, talked about how much money they owed and how much it was going to cost. Well, how many states are in the red every year and some of them year after year and nobody ever says anything about it. So um I've made my point that I think that that Confederate flag is is them taking a knee on on uh on us and uh
3: on the
2: other side of the issue as is it we're, were.
5: Yeah. Yeah,
3: <laughs> you know I'll tell you it's an interesting perspective, you, right? Uh, if they um feel so strongly about a symbol, um then yeah you know, I, I remember, you know, from SI Hayakawa and Semantics a uh, The symbol is not the thing symbolized. If you know they they put so much life into that symbol, then how can they justify a symbol of a flag uh, that's not our nation's flag? It's a a solid point, and uh, you know I think what we need to do is just keep, again, you know, living what the real American dream is: is that 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 prosperity we have is for everyone. The more we all embrace that, I think, the more we actually live up to the ideals of our flag or our national anthem or whatever it is that the symbol that people are uh, focused on. Yeah. Okay.
2: Uh let's see here. David in Greenfield, California. Got a minute to the break, David. Quick question for Congressman Pocan.
1: Yeah, Congressman, I was
4: wondering <clears throat> did you have any luck uh finding a Congressman to adopt Devin Nunez's uh district here in California?
3: You know, David, I don't know offhand. I know we had about 29 people who are willing to go into other districts and have been going into other districts. I've been going into Paul Ryan's district myself, uh, since I'm a neighbor. But I don't know uh, that particular one. I just know we had members who committed and they're doing it on a regular basis. Uh, sorry, I can't give you that specific information.
2: Um, is, there, uh, is there a way, if he's if he's in Devin Nunes' district, the way that he would encourage that would be to what, call the local Democratic Party?
3: I, you know what, I, honestly, I would go through Indivisible when it comes to um this issue because we partnered with Indivisible on the Adopt a District project. Right. So, you know, contacting your local Indivisible group, there's probably multiple ones in that congressional district, having uh, them be the organizers, that's who usually I was invited by when I went into Paul Ryan's district.
2: Right. So, oh, that's interesting. So there's so uh this is something that this group is doing as opposed to individual members of Congress, but now there's this collaboration.
3: Yeah, so what we did is we partnered with uh... p triple c um, with Indivisible in ourselves. So Indivisible is generally the group that invites us in because we have to be invited because it's on the political side and uh, then we're able to do the town hall. I see. Okay.
2: Congressman Mark Pocan taking your calls here on uh, Middays with Mark on the Tom Harbor Program. We'll be back with more of your calls. Right now. Welcome back, Congressman Mark Pocan, taking your calls middays with Mark here on the Tom Hartman program. Johnny in Lamarck, Texas, you are on the air with Congressman Pocan.
1: Good afternoon, gentlemen. I have two questions about Puerto Rico. Number one is, uh, why are there ICE agents down in Puerto Rico? And number two, since when does, do ICE agents or any law enforcement authority down in, in Puerto Rico have the right, the legal authority, to threaten Puerto Ricans who are U.S. citizens we're taking away their passports. They're U.S. citizens. Why do they even need
4: passports to begin with?
3: Yeah, Johnny, I, I, I'm not familiar with the, the story about ICE agents in Puerto Rico. They're American citizens, which is why I think the outrage was, why are we acting quickly when something happens in Texas or Florida, but not when it happens in Puerto Rico or the, the Virgin Islands? Um, you know, we got to remember, even though it's 100,000 people there versus 3.5 million in Puerto Rico, they've also been devastated from an earlier hurricane. So I I can't answer your question because I'm not familiar with the story, but there shouldn't be a reason that I can think of uh, when you're an American citizen to have ICE agents.
2: Yeah, the story, story, as I understand it, Congressman, and this may, you know, I've seen this published a couple of places, but it may not be accurate, um, but but I believe it to be, is that the uh, U.S. military was offering transportation off the island to Puerto Rican U.S. citizens. Um, in exchange for the price of a the full retail price of a coach airplane ticket, and if you didn't have the money, and none of these refugees do, they would hold your passport as collateral until you pay it back. And there were some who were speculating that this was, uh, you know, uh, the Rick Scott had a hand in this, uh, trying to make sure that you know, uh, Florida doesn't turn into a Puerto Rican
3: right.
2: refugee paradise that will flip the state blue. Uh and heaven only knows. But anyhow, that's that's what he was referring okay, to. Okay, I have not seen that. Thank you. Yeah, and you might want to fact check it before yeah. you before you discuss it. Bob in Roswell, New Mexico. Hey Bob, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan.
5: Good afternoon, Congressman. Hi. Uh I'm in favor of single payer health care, but I think you guys are selling it the wrong way. You should call it the employer health insurance cost. Reduction Act.
4: And then maybe the Republicans will buy it. <laughs> okay.
7: yeah,
3: Bob, I, I don't know how we'll ever get the Republicans to buy something that's going to take them away from their corporate benefactors, but I can tell you that you, which you're, the point you're making is a great way that we can share it with the public and the public can understand why it makes sense. I've been a small business owner for almost three decades. Uh, I know Tom and, and Louise as well. Uh, this is something that we've you know, realize that this is a big expense for any business. Uh, Why wouldn't you find a way to help relieve those costs and you can provide uh, health insurance? And, you know, I think good uh, employers want their employees to have health insurance. You don't want people sick because you want them to be able to come and work and and everyone does well when that happens. So it's a great suggestion. And um, I'm not sure if you're going to convince Republican Congress people based on that, but I think real people could certainly come to our side on it.
2: Michael in Redmond, Washington. We have just a minute or so until the end of the hour. Michael, we got a quick question for Congressman Pocan.
7: Um Yes. So, good day, gentlemen. Um, I live in Washington State in the progressive start part of the state, and we have two Democratic senators, and my congressional representative is also a Democrat. I regularly write and call them on important measures, but then also it feels like um, they're already voting along the lines that um, we would like them to vote. So. I'm wondering, does it do any good for American citizens to call members of Congress that are not their actual representatives to share
3: um, a desire for them to vote a certain way? Great question, Michael. Um, It it has zero payoff, um, to be perfectly honest, to call someone outside your district, because we don't really keep track of people outside of our district. What is useful is through, again, Indivisible sets it up so that you can call, and other groups are doing this on certain issues, too, You can call into a swing district, maybe in Kentucky or Oklahoma or Texas, if there's a swing district, and you can talk to people in that district to get them to talk to their elected officials. So work with Indivisible, and you can uh, amplify your voice even more.
2: Marvelous stuff. Congressman Pocan, thanks so much for being with us today. Of course, Tom. Thank you. Great talking with you. Midday with Mark here on the Tom Hartman Program. Stick around. Nina Turner is going to be with us for the next half hour, and uh, so it should be very interesting. We'll be right back. You've heard me talking about SuperBeets, so I'll ask you again. If you could be more heart-healthy heart just by drinking a glass of earthy-tasting vegetable juice every day, would you do it? Hey, you know, most people say no. But what if that performance-enhancing veggie was transformed into a great-tasting circulation superfood drink? Well, it has been. It's SuperBeets. It's loaded with vegetable dietary nitrates that help boost nitric oxide levels in your body. This equals an increase in energy and stamina without stimulants. Dietary nitrates are incredible for helping to support healthy blood pressure, too. I drink Super in the morning for energy, at the gym for extra long workouts, or in the afternoon as a pick-me-up without jittery side effects. Try the original berry or black cherry flavor. I like them both. If you haven't tried it yet, now is the time. Get a 30-day supply free. Comes with your first order and is backed by a money-back guarantee. Also receive a free book, Beat the Odds, and free nitric oxide indicator strips to see the difference for yourself, plus Free shipping. Love the results you feel. Guaranteed or your money back. Call 800-568-9889. That's 800-568-9889. Or go to tomsbeats.com. That's tomsbeats.com. We're back. Tom Harbin here with you. And my microphone is now plugged in. It's an extraordinary thing. And in the studio with us, Nina Turner, the president of Our Revolution, former Ohio State Senator, Bernie 2016 surrogate. Ourrevolution.com is the website. Nina Turner, at Nina Turner, is the Twitter handle. And, yes. Senator, welcome back. Thank you, Thomas. Always S- good to so be So nice with. having you with us. And let me just say, you're you're here with us for the half hour. And if uh, anybody has any call, if you if you have questions for, for Senator Turner or, uh, or President Turner, I guess, the president of our revolution now.
8: Titles um, are good. Perfect. Yeah. Per- Purpose is better, but there yes. you go. Yes. I, I got a all lot that. of those little titles we so, could choose from. <laughs> uh, yeah, feel free to give
2: us a shout, and uh, and uh, Nina Turner will take your calls. So, first of all, uh, how's our revolution doing?
8: state of our revolution is strong. Good. Oh God, Good. so excited, as you know, and I want your listeners to know that, you know, several of our candidates won last night, in particular, a Tim Keller ran, won his runoff in Albuquerque, New Mexico, for the mayor's seat. But our candidate Randall Woodfin in Birmingham, Alabama, won and he is now mayor elect in the South. Now, if this
2: had been if these had been Tea Party victories, they'd be all over the media. Oh, yeah, of course. Are you getting any coverage on this?
8: Somewhat, but not nearly enough. You know, in, in, in all of the darkness that is going on right now in our country in terms of the heaviness from the natural disasters and the disaster that is President Trump, we can celebrate I think to celebrate some victories and yeah. having a progressive like Randall Woodfin win in Birmingham running a strong progressive people driven campaign is really a big deal, not just for Birmingham, but for this country.
2: Well, I think, I think that that was the main thing that we learned out of the, the election of 2016, whether it was the insurgency of Bernie's candidacy yes. or, or, or the, the rapid move to progressive values that the Clinton campaign embraced was that the American people are sick and tired of Reaganism and Reaganism Reaganism from the Republicans and Reaganism light from the Democrats.
8: Hey, man. And, you know, I I just talked to the mayor-elect, and he won across all demographics, young, seasoned homeowners, non-homeowners, black, white, just across the spectrum in in Birmingham. If that does not reinvigorate and remind us that running on a progressive agenda with 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 the pure intent to execute that agenda can get people excited right. in birmingham alabama
2: we're talking with nina turner uh, former state senator nina turner president of our revolution and uh if you have any questions or thoughts for for uh nina give us a shout um so what are the biggest issues we've been talking about you know people Would like an issues-focused campaign, and all the media ever gives us is sports or drama, right? It's it's who's up, who's down in sports, or you know, who's who's angry and who's not. You know, did Rex Tillerson say something that's going to anger the president? Oh, he's got to hold a press conference to say, "No, I didn't." And and but you know, what does that have to do with anything? You know, so so what are the issues that our revolution is promoting that are causing these kinds of victories?
8: Well, certainly Medicare for all, as you know, is the top issue. You know, in the countries on the minds of millions of people. Um, income and wealth and inequality still remains an issue. And as of late, you know, given the tragedy that happened in Las Vegas, we go in and out as a society in terms of how and if we're really going to deal with Mm -hmm. proliferation of military grade weapons that should not be on our streets. But if Sandy Hook didn't move us, Tom, we're going through the motions here. Yeah. And very little will be done. And as my colleague, Representative Lucy Flores, who was an Assemblywoman in Nevada, reminded me that even right now, the citizens of Nevada passed uh, they, they they passed a policy measure that that strengthened background checks. But they have an attorney general right now, Republican attorney general, put it on hold. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir.
2: It's incredible. So so by the citizens by ballot by referendum, bat- that's right. rose up and said. We want to have a vote on this. Yes. This is what we want. They voted it. They voted on basically a gun control measure. That's right. And the Republican attorney general says, Fusing I'm not going to defi- yeah. I'm not, I'm not enforce this not law. At That's not
8: at all. We're in trouble as a country. have been in trouble for quite some time. And as we know, also in the Congress, they're debating uh, legislation that will uh, make it easier. You know, in other words, across state lines that they can recognize concealed carry, mm-hmm. which will weaken, you know, gun laws in this country, and also the whole silencer thing. I mean, who in the hell needs a silencer to hunt?
2: Right. Well, in fact, I, n- nobody even wants a silencer to hunt, to the best of my knowledge. I mean, yes. I, I grew up in, Mich- in Michigan and had friends who were hunters and, mm-hmm. and, you know, never, frankly, never went hunting myself, but mm-hmm. I heard mm-hmm. all the stories. My cousins were, f- you know, fanatics about it. Uh, deer hunting season was like a celebration. Mm-hmm. You know? And, um you put a silencer on a rifle, you you destroy its accuracy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the main thing that you use silencers for is killing people up close quietly. Right. Hello. So <laughs> yeah. why, why is this something that, you know, requires legislative approval? It's-
8: and to put the second amendment above life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all people, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And so why we have some Republicans, and I won't say all, but I'm hoping that we do need thoughts and prayers. You know, Las Vegas is another reminder, but we also need people who are going to push policy, yeah. common sense policy. Amen.
2: So we've got a few people who want to talk to you no. from uh, Ohio, Louisiana, Alabama, Can- Canada, Florida, and Oregon. Oh, beautiful. And so uh,
8: Traveling. Huh? There, there you go.
2: <laughs> let's uh, let's start out with Brett in Canada. He's in Toronto. Uh, we were talking with Congressman Pocan just a few minutes yeah, ago about uh, national health care. Brett, you're
7: on the air. Hi there. So it's fantastic to be talking to you because I've been watching your show every day on uh, RT via YouTube. And uh, you talk a lot about uh, healthcare and, and mentioning the Canadian system. So I thought, as a regular Canadian person, I would just give you my experiences and perspectives with the healthcare system up here. And also, um, because of the, the debacle that's going on down in the States with uh, you guys in healthcare, We've actually been talking a lot up here amongst ourselves about our healthcare system, kind of rechecking it amongst ourselves, with ourselves, if we're satisfied with it. And uh, I can tell you that we are. Um, mm. You know, we don't think about it. We don't think about healthcare. We don't. We don't worry about it. It's not something that we concern ourselves with. And I think that adds so much to our lives up here to just alleviate that stress. For example, my mother a few years ago was diagnosed with breast cancer, and she called me and said that she was diagnosed with it. Nobody had to worry about what was going to happen next. We just knew that she would be go, go to the hospital, get chemotherapy, get her treatment. Just that whole issue of money and where is it coming from, and insurance, is just not part of our life up here. And I and I and I think for I can speak for at least the my friends up here that. We, we can't even conceive of that concept. And when we do and we and if we're empathic about it, we recognize how much of a burden that must be on Americans to have to worry about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is substantial, uh, Nina.
8: Yeah, I know that's deep and and I'm glad that, you know, Canadians who actually are living there and experiencing this are calling in, Tom to share their stories. And he talked about the burden of health care. That just touches me. Right in my heart, because because it is a burden. You know, there was a gentleman by the name of Scott. He just recently passed away. He needed he needed a kidney, and he definitely a Bernie Krat, you know, worked very hard. But but he died, in. and one of the last articles that he wrote, he said, you know, we and I'm paraphrasing him, but we need Medicare for all. And even though I might not live to see it, his last last article he wrote was about this Medicare is for the all. the Tom Hartman program. So it is a burden.
2: It is. It truly is. Nina Nina Turner with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you and in the studio with me Senator Nina Turner, the president of Our Revolution. And Marta in Big Bear Lake, California. You are on the air, Marta, with Senator with Senator
8: Turner. Hi, Marta.
6: Yeah, hi Senator Turner. Um, I want to bring up something that I think the the mainstream media really uh, did not do a great job, which was uh, the black young millennial support for Bernie Sanders increased quite a bit as the primary um, went on. More and more young African-American millennials uh, supported Bernie Sanders, and I think that Going around the mainstream media, going to social media, they found they were able to learn more about the issues and, and you know, hear him. And, um, you know, in just doing a little bit of research on the Internet, uh, I've seen how the, the growth just increased dramatically. And I, I talk to people all the time who still think that, you know, Bernie Sanders did not reach out to African-Americans. And I just think the future is in that you know, young millennials, and that you know, the, you would be the one to explain that how how we, you know we're doing that with our revolution.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
8: your thoughts? Well, yeah, uh, a lot there, and thank, thank you, you Marta. Thank you for sharing that, Marta. And there's an awakening in this country. I mean, 2016 was very it was hard, but there is an awakening that we can be proud of, and we know that Senator Sanders got two million more votes from the millennial generation than both Secretary Clinton and now. President Trump. And to me, the millennials are showing what type of future they want to live in, what type of country they really want us to be. And so we do have at our disposal, if we can't necessarily get it all the time on mainstream media, because as Tom pointed out, we're kind of stuck in all of the sensational things that are happening. You know, parents, grandparents, neighbor to neighbor, each one teach one. We have to reach out to people and have those conversations and educate folks about what is really going on in this country, or at least give them another view of what's going on.
2: Elaine, in Austin, Texas, you're on the air with Nina Turner.
0: Hey, guys, I've, uh, this is first-time caller, uh, but I always enjoy your show, Mr. Hartman. And, Thank you, Senator, Elaine. I appreciate all of your efforts. Thank um, you. Kind of uh, building on what the last caller said, you know, we really, really need women and minorities and gay people to run for um, anything, um, and, of course, vote. Now, I know running for a race is expensive, but, you know, we've got to do it, because these, you know, if it's, but these white men are not going to give up their seats and their privileges, you know, unless we do it. Because, I mean, it's kind of like the civil rights, Um, I love how they always give uh, credit to the white people, but the white people weren't responsible. It was like the African-Americans made them change, and that's what we have to do. Um, And the other thing about guns, you know, the Second Amendment is basically the only right that has... No limitations to it. I mean, you know, freedom of speech. You can't yell fire in a crowd. Well, there are there
2: theater. are regulations on guns, and the word regulation does well, appear in the Second Amendment.
0: Oh, there are, but they're but they're not as much. Yeah. I mean, like I have a friend who has all these assault weapons, and I was telling her, I go, you know, there are limitations on all of the other rights, and she's like, well, I've got my assault weapons. I'm like, well, why do you need those? And she's like, because I don't want the government to take them away. And I'm like,
8: again, why do you need those? Right. So, Elaine, let's
2: and, let's know, let's, let, let's get uh, Senator Turner's thoughts on this. Thank you for the call.
8: Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it, Elaine. I mean, we have to come to grips as a country, and this is a balance. I mean, I don't think that the framers of, of the Constitution ever dreamed that this type of activity would be happening under the guise of the second amendment is more important than any other amendment so much so that the lives of everyday innocent people can be sacrificed at the altar of the second amendment having common sense gun regulations is the humane it is the right thing to do and is what we should do in a in a civilized society so i don't know what else it is going to take tom for us to deal with this as a, as a nation and for people who, you know, politicians on the Second Amendment, they do a lot of fear mongering and they're scaring people who, you know, listen, my, gran- my, gran- my grandfather served in World War II. My son is a veteran. My son is a police officer right now. You know, my grandmother carried a gun on a regular basis. So this is not about taking away anybody's Second Amendment right. But it is also about our obligation as a civilized society to preserve liberty injustice and happiness for all people and so we need to deal with this as a nation and we got policymakers who are too cowardly to talk about common sense gun regulation then something is wrong in this country if we can't do something not just talk about it so Yeah,
2: agreed and and, disturbing. And, and 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 it seems that you know some of the some of the real advocates for gun control are are not being heard from I mean it's no. just it's it's the
8: the NRA has taken over. We want to talk about Big Pharma, talk about Wall Street. Let's talk about the NRA controls many of the elected officials, not just in Congress, but on the state level, too. When we were trying to push common sense gun laws, you know, they would come come there like bullies, you know, to try to bully uh, members of the state legislature. So we need some folks with some courage to understand that in the 21st century America, we have to do all the who needs a military grade weapon just in your everyday life, who needs it?
2: Jesus. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm totally with you. We need Jesus' help. We do. This. We have. My God, do. we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> okay, State Senator Norton, <laughs> Nina Turner, President of Our Revolution, former Ohio State Senator, ourrevolution.com, and you can tweet her at Nina Turner Senator. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Tom.
8: Always thank you. Always great talking to you. And your listeners. We'll Steve. be back uh, right after this.
2: Coming up tomorrow, we'll have the latest news and information from Wall Street and Main Street, all points in between. Plus, we'll the rest of the news. And don't forget, democracy begins with you. Get out there, show up, participate, tag. You're it. We'll see you tomorrow.
5: been listening to tom hartman for audio and video archives visit tom hartman.com